Welcome to another episode of No Challenges Remaining, or should I say, Bienvenue à No Challenges Remaining. Bonjour, Courtney. I don't speak French, and I'm never going to speak French on this podcast, so don't even try and bait me. Je suis Ben Rothenberg, et à la côte ouest, est à Cornouin. We're very excited to be in France mode here. As you can tell, je parle wonderfully. And uh, yeah, it's French Open times. First slam in a while. Long layoff between these two slams. You ready to... Get back to slamming court? Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, it's funny because you, you do have kind of like the five-month layoff and then you have two within the span of six weeks. So yeah. it's uh, it's time for the silly season. Here we go. So I don't think we think things are going to get especially silly at the slam, though. We both were saying pre-show we have the same winners. Spoiler alert for later. Uh, we both <laughs> think Serena and Rafa are going to win the slam. Obviously, it's possible they won't, but this seems like one where... The writing is sort of on the wall. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's just, I think it's across the board. But yes, I will ask you my question later. But yes. <laughs> oh, go, go for it now. Go for it. What's your question? Well, my question to you, and I think that I posed this to you maybe a few weeks ago, and, and we never really got to discuss it, is what would be more surprising to you, Ben, that Rafael Nadal does not defend his Roland Garros title, mm-hmm. or that Maria Sharapova does? It's an interesting question, because I think the Sharapova defense, all that has to happen for that is Serena losing. Right. And then I think Sharapova becomes an overwhelming favorite on her own right. So basically, it sort of comes down to me, that question, who's more likely, Serena or Nadal? And I think Serena's definitely less likely. So I will say that a Sharapova title would be less surprising than a Rafael Nadal no title. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably right, except that that's basically saying that you think that the field is on the women's side mm-hmm. has a better chance of beating Serena than Novak Djokovic does of beating Rafa. Isn't that effect- that's-, that's effectively what the what it comes down to, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think that's right. Someone tweeted at me saying, like, I think Rafa has like a 75% chance and then like 15% for Novak and like. 10% for the field. And I was thinking about it. I think that 75 is actually selling Rafa a little short. I would put Rafa up in the upper 80s or so in terms of odds of winning this tournament. I mean, I think that it's just really huge and prohibitive. I know he did lose to Novak with Monte Carlo, but Novak hasn't been that great. I'm not sure Novak is locked to make the se- uh, semis of this tournament. And I think that Rafa just doesn't seem to lose a whole lot, especially on clay. I don't think anybody's going into a match with Rafa on clay at the attitude of, oh, I got him here. I can do this. Yeah. Maybe Novak a little bit. Maybe like Goldust or someone, God forbid, Goldust makes a finalist. But I mean, there's just so few people who have the belief. And that's, and I think more than anybody ever, Rafa wins clay matches in the locker room beforehand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, another big factor that does support the Rafa being closer to, you know, an 80, 85% bet to take the title here is the weather and the draw. Mm-hmm. So the weather over the course of the first week is looking very heavy. It's looking very wet, looking very cold. And typically, at least in my recollection, those matches where Rafa has struggled or has lost uh, the match, I guess, that Rafa lost against Soderling, it has been those sorts of kind of conditions. Right. But in order to take advantage of those conditions against Rafa, you have to be a basher. You have to be a banger. And his draw really doesn't have 
bangers, kind of grinders. And so the weather is not actually going to favor them. So that kind of, to me, you know, gives Rafa a bit, a bit more of an edge. The only guy who's a, the only guy who's a banger who I see in Rafa Straw, there's two people. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Daniel Brands right in the first round. It's a big guy. He'll hit the ball fairly hard. And the second one is his old buddy Lucas in the third round, potentially, if Lucas gets there. There's no way Lucas is getting there. I don't know. He won Bucharest. No. He's not capable of something. Not going to happen. That brings us to the other sort of idea we were talking If it's not Serena and Nadal winning, Courtney, tell me how they each lose. Okay. How does how does Nadal lose this tournament? You think it's just a Djokovic? Well, I mean, and if you go by my theory that it takes a banger to take him out, the only two that I see in his section of the draw would be either Janowitz or Vavrinka, neither of whom I think have the constitution to take him best of three, let alone best of five. So yeah. I don't, you know, I don't see that happening before the semis. So to me, yeah, I mean, if, if Rafa doesn't win this, it will be because he gets knocked out by Novak. There's just, I mean, there's just really nobody else in that quarter that has it, that has that has the stomach to do it. Yeah. So that that would be kind of my theory on Rafa. How about you? I think I'm just going to say the two names I think it before the Daniel Brands in the first round. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be stunned if Brands like took a set or something and people get into Rafa panic. Oh, is he shaky? Is he going to lose again? Blah, blah, blah. And then everything is fine. I think Brands could be a tougher test. Russell, if he gets there, I think that all will have every muscle in his body wanting to triple bagel Russell and that could get pretty ugly. And Nadal will be very happy about that. And Nadal fans, anytime you mention Russell on Twitter, you know, start calling you a hater, even though it's nothing to do with Nadal. I think you all will uh, be very happy with that as well. So yeah, I think it basically comes down to Djokovic and the semis. And even that, like I said, I'm not sure Djokovic is going to get there. I really think this is the draw worked out very well for Nadal in the end. Maybe. I mean, I think that Djokovic just needs to get like about three matches under his belt and then he'll be fine. Dimitrov is just such an unproven best of five player. So, yeah, no, Jimmy, Jimmy Trump has never made the third round of a slam before. Right. I, I mean, he has a great chance to do it he here. It's a really easy a draw. Really a good really... draw to do it. But yeah, I mean, Novak's going to roll over Goffin. He's going to most likely get Dimitrov or Faya, and he'll roll there. And then he could get a tricky one with Cole Schreiber, I think. But that should be fairly straightforward. And then that entire little quarter of the Haas Tipsarovich quarter is a complete any one of those guys can come out of it. But none of them can beat Novak. Yeah, none of them can beat Novak, but any one of them could basically kind of, I don't know, surge their way or pick through the carnage to to make uh, the quarterfinals. And then talking about the whole tournament, is there anybody on the bottom half, period, you think can beat Nadal on the final? Mm. I'm just going to say no. I don't think so. Especially if it's Ferrer or Federer. There's a part of me that wants to say Burdick, but I know that it's it's never been close. And I know that he's just, I mean, you know, when you talk about a guy who at least comes close to having the mentality of believing that he can do it, Burdick is probably the one that comes closest to me and has a game that could. If he was just really zoning and it was just a really dank, dark, heavy day, I mean, he could just take cracks at the ball. And there's, there's a chance there. There's definitely a chance. Okay. He's always the upset pick. He'd have to pull off a few more upsets before he even got there. Exactly. Especially Ferrer. I think Ferrer is the roadblock for Burditch. For sure. Well, uh, I, I think we said this about Ferrer, you know, weeks ago when we discussed him and kind of, you know, the the question of what is your point, David Ferrer? Like, why are you? What do you do? Because you don't beat anybody, any of the four guys ranked out of you, but you beat all the guys. Can beat them. Yeah. Well, you beat all the guys who are behind you who can beat the four. You basically be part of my language, but you're basically like a cock blocker. <laughs> like any one of these guys, you could actually take these the big four down. You go and beat and that's pure credit to you and 
amazing, very good spirit, great career, yada, yada, all do, et cetera, et cetera, but it's annoying. It's annoying. Super annoying. It's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. Let's get Serena then, just to do her sort of upset watch here, and then we'll go a little bit more uh, section by section to the whole draw on a little more of a minutia level. Serena, what are your first impressions of Serena's draw before I say it? Can't ask for better. Not really. You know, that's that's about, you know, anybody who had a shot at taking, who has a shot to take her down, whether, what, regardless of, of ranking or head-to-heads or any of that, but just has a game to do it that can make Serena panic, are all on the other side. So Lena, Yelena Yankovic, Petra Kvitova, um, Sam Stozer, Sharapova, Azarenka, they're all on the other side of the draw. And that's not even to say that any of those players could actually beat her, but they're you know, they're all talented players. Who can, Most likely. Yeah, who can at least make her panic. And I think that's the biggest thing is getting her into a situation where mentally she starts to freak out and then her game starts to derail, which is what we saw last year against Rosano. The one player who popped out at me in Serena's eighth of the draw is her possible starting against Caroline Garcia. Very. Just because <laughs> I was very impressed with what what I saw of Garcia in Charleston. And she's going to have a crowd again that match. Give her, if anything, can give her like PTSD to Rosano. I think it's Garcia. I think Tadishvili is a wonderful opener for her. Tadishvili's playing terrible lately. Um, Garcia could be tricky. Garcia's a terrible closer, but if Serena could definitely find herself behind in that match. But if she survives that section, she's definitely going to roll over Nicolescu or Kirstea. She's definitely going to roll over Vinci or or, or uh, Pavlyuchenkova. She's going to beat um, whoever comes out of Kerber, probably. That's a, or uh, Kuznetsova. Rob Center, whoever makes it out of that fairly sort of messy second section. And then, yeah, she's and then she should be good. I think this is really working out well for her. And I think that first two couple hurdles are the toughest and then she should cruise just from a mental perspective. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, a lot of what she needs to do early is is just to get on and get off is, is yeah. to not get embroiled in any drama, to not get pulled down into three set matches, to not find herself, you know, breaks down here or there. And I think that, you know, her run through Rome was actually quite good in that way because that's exactly what it was. It was it was five matches of dropping few games, of there being no suspense or, or tension, really. Yeah. And I think that that helped her a little bit kind of be like, okay, this is kind of what it's supposed to feel like. It's not supposed... Like, clay is not always a battle. Yeah. Sometimes it really can just be... Like, you know, you can snipe somebody down. Like, you know, you don't have to get out there and grind. You can really just bash through people, and that's okay. And I think that's why she's going to have a good opener against uh, Tadashvili. Because Tadashvili is not somebody who's going to play long points. Right. Who's going to make you beat her. Tadashvili is going to be out there, you know, doing her thing. And the ball 300 miles per hour into the back wall. And it should be fine. I think that's going to get her off on the right foot in this tournament. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, you know, I mean, I guess with Serena, the only way that I could see her kind of not winning in her side of the draw would be Pavlyuchenkova has the game, but she doesn't have the belief no. against Serena. I mean, if you if Pavs were to zone and they were to meet in the quarters yeah. or I guess the fourth round, that would be pretty interesting. But I, I just don't think Thank that you. she has that. That a Kuznetsova could do it if she can get on a roll. Yeah, I was thinking Kuznetsova, but she's been rough lately. Yeah. Makarova, also, that's a tough first round, that Kuznetsova-Makarova yeah. first round. But Serena knows the Makarova threat because she beat her in Australia a yeah. couple years ago. Kerber, I mean, it could be tricky if she gets through there. But, you know, when Ker- I think we're searching for that's not here with Serena. Right. Yeah. So. It's just it's just not going to happen there. 
So let's take a little bit of a closer look at the draw on sort of a total level, not just who we have on the final line and the final round, but, you know, what the road there will be like, all the sight sounds and, you know, smells along the way. Let's start with the women. That's Serena's eighth of the draw, which features Roberta Vinci. Anything interesting there aside from Serena's easy path that jumps out to you? Not really. No? Yeah, no, not really I, for me. They're I don't see anything. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not great. I mean, well, that was quick. Yep. <laughs> Number section two. Let's start off with the very first one of that. Caroline Yaki versus Laura Robson. Sell a battle. Uh, Courtney, what do you think of that match? It's a coin flip. Um, I think obviously Waz is, is struggling and, and hasn't won a match on red clay. They're, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're friends, but they're friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, Waz, and Robson, you know, they're both Adidas kids. So Robson won't have the benefit of Sven's coaching for that match, but, um, Normal you know, Caroline. This, Norwood Caroline, uh, but she will have Peter. In the stands only, though. In the stands. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's going to be necessarily an interesting match. I mean, I think that the biggest question is just whether or not Robson can add to her scout pile. But I think that the Brit does go in, should, I think, go into that match without feeling much pressure. Because I I still don't think that she it's that she should be expected to win that, um, regardless of Caroline's form. Just because I think matchup-wise, it's... Not an easy matchup. I think that everybody at this point kind of knows that for Robson, you just kind of, if you can just keep defending and keep getting and force her to hit extra balls and stuff like that, then, you know, at some point she's going to miss uh, when she starts to feel the pressure. So the biggest thing for Robson will be serving. She's got to serve well that's, against Caroline. That's all right. Yeah. Caroline has been in a rough place. I think on the big both of them, um, if this could easily be a match that's on, you know, Long Lawn or Chatrier or something like that. And I think that yeah, it's not going to be on Long Lawn or Chatrier. <laughs> you don't think so? No way. That's like a bull ring match. No, I'll, I'll, just, I'll disagree with that. We'll okay. see. We'll see what happens. I mean, they got to put some women on there, even if it's probably just you know Pauline Parmentier or something. Well, there's a bunch of French women, and there's nine people ranked ahead of Caroline, <laughs> and Caroline's never done particularly well there. It's not like she's like a crowd favorite in France. Right, but Laura is a Laura is a crowd favorite, and Caroline's a relative crowd in favorite. France in, in global terms. Do you really think the French care about global popularity? No, no. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. There should be a right, right person and a wrong person for this, so we'll figure that out. Yeah, I think that I think that if Laura plays her A game, and she always does play well, slams for the most part, I think she's in pretty good shape. Caroline, though, I think will be a little more awake because she realizes that Laura's a threat. I would have much more quickly picked Caroline to lose to somebody a little less known, you know, like a Romina Aprandi or something like that. So, yeah, I think this is a coin flip as well. I will agree with you on that. Also in the section, the draw, Kuznetsova Makarova, what do you make of, of that? Um, it's just really hard to know where Kuznetsova's head is at. I mean, I don't make much of it. I mean, I think that even though intellectually I know that that's like a tennis nerd match, like Kuznetsova and Makarova and et cetera, et cetera, but that's just not one that I'm going to necessarily be tuning into. No, that one will definitely not be on Chatrier or no. that, that we can say for sure. And that's um, one that involves a former champion, so. That is that is the true. And then Kerber's in that section too. Kerber has okay clay results in her past. I think she can make. I think she's probably my pick to make the quarters out of this section. Play Serena. Surprised that Mona fell out of C territory. If yeah. she ever was in those rankings. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was. She should have been. But uh, but yeah, I mean, she's um, she's doing the thing she does all the every year. Not every year, but the last two years, which is completely disappearing after the hard court season. So Let's see what Mona does on grass. Cause that should be a good surface for her. Should be. But yeah. it's a question of as to whether or not she's used to even playing on grass. Because I don't think that she is. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. Maybe she'll lose early and get over there early. Possibly. Next section, Radvon- Agnieszka Radvanska is in the same little section with her sister, as well as Mallory Burdett and Venus Williams. And then the other little part of that eighth is uh, 
Julia Gerges, who has the easiest draw of any seed at this tournament. She's playing utterly nobody. And then Anna Ivanovich, who also has a pretty decent draw. Uh, who do you think makes it out into the quarters from this area, Courtney? From that little eight, Ivanovich. Yeah. Easily. I think she's just, I mean, I think as an easy, I mean, a, a relatively easy path to the quarters. And honestly, I would pick her to make the semis. So that's okay. that's how good this draw is. I think that, you know, if she doesn't get too too much drama and she makes it through her early rounds relatively quickly and builds her, her confidence, then, um, you know, by the time that she, she hits the quarter, she should be good. And the only real threat here for her, I think Redka's going to be in the tournament very long. I don't think Venus will be in the tournament very long. So, you know, the biggest threat is Arani, who they the last two matches they've played full three and, and Anna really should have won both of them. So, you know, if she can get past Arani in the quarter, she's into the semis and, you know, you lose to Serena, but a semi result would be her, her best since she won the tournament in 08. So you're very high on Anna right now. I am not actually. Picking but, her to make a slam semi. Is it? Well, hold on, hold on. I, I'm not actually high on her. I think that everybody who's kind of been tracking what I've written about her, especially over the last few weeks, it's been very cautious. And um, I'm just not convinced that her form is there, but that's how soft this draw is. Who would, okay. I mean, who could you pick over Anna to come to make it to the quarters from that section? Radvanska. I think that Aga is playing terrible, but she has a very nice draw here, except for her sister, which could get tricky. Burdette could beat Radvanska. Could, um, but I think that Aga's experience level on clay will help her through there. Venus, I'm sort of surprised Venus is in this turn, honestly. Um, I thought that Venus would pull out and give herself grass, because I mean, her back has been pretty wonky lately, as everyone knows, and... I don't know why you'd risk a flare-up on clay when Wimbledon, the most important tournament of her year, is coming up so soon. And then, yeah, Vonich, I like to make it to the fourth round for sure over over Julia. Gerges, um, then her, I don't think she has a good head-to-head at all against Fredvanska, if Fredvanska gets to the fourth round. And then I think there's, uh, and then Arani here, who plays exceptionally well on clay, and even though it's been close the last two times uh, with Arani and Ivanovich, I don't think Arani's playing badly right now. So I don't know why pick her pick Ivanovich over Ronnie. I don't get that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, it's a toss up. I mean, Ronnie is definitely the favorite in it, but I don't, I, I don't see how you can pick Radvanska over Ivanovich to make the quarters. That's absolutely insane to me. I just don't think that Aga's going to be around this tournament at all past the third round. Um, just not going to happen. She's not playing good tennis as a blonde. Gotta say. I know. This is what I'm saying. Why would you pick her over Anna? It makes no sense. Um, so I pick Anna into the quarters, and then from there, I mean, against Arani, I get, you know, I think it's 60 40 Arani, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, Arani's got like a, she's got a draw that could kind of tire her out, but we'll see. Depends. Roger, on, yeah, she's got some know? tough players. Bruce, Putin, Seva, players who don't beat themselves. Yeah. Lasicki or Toro floor should be easier. Right. And then uh, Carla could be tough, and Petrova. Mm-hmm. Petrova's not playing very well either right now. But uh, yes, yeah, so that little section of the draw, Petrova and Arani, Madison Keys. Keys could very Keys. easily make the, the the fourth round. Well, I don't know about fourth. I could definitely say I don't think she's getting past Carla, Madison. I'm not convinced that Carla's going to beat Halep. But if Halep okay. gets through, I don't know if if Keys would beat her either. But I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I think, but I would not be surprised if I saw Madison Keys in the fourth round. Yeah, I expect a little more chalk. I probably think it's going to be Irani over Petrova in that section. Maybe Carla do some things. But yeah, then Irani. I, I like Irani to make the semis and lose to Serena there. That's my pick for top. Fair enough. Bottom half of the ladies. Lena. What do you make of Lena right now? She should be able to make the uh, quarters or semi with some ease, it would seem. Or quarters, at least, before she gets to Azarenka. I think got hosed by the draw. 
think it's a, it's a really shit draw for her to get Medina Griegas in the first round, potentially get a streaking Bethany Maddox-Sands in the second round. You know, Shvedova is always tricky, so Kirilenko is not easy. I mean, this is just a tough, tough draw. And I think it's for somebody who I consider to be a threat at the French, obviously, I mean, former champion and all that sort of stuff and made the finals in Stuttgart. She's got the toughest quarter of anybody. So so that's, you know, that's kind of a bummer. I, I, I would have liked to have seen her on the other side of the draw, you know, just to even things out a little bit. Not that she has a chance to take down Serena, but just that little quarter that she has is, is pretty tough and, and anchored on the other side by Azarenka. So, you know, definitely, definitely not easy. So I don't see her, you know, obviously making the find the semis or the finals here and I don't see that but if she can make the quarters I think that that'd be a, a pretty solid tournament for her I think that's right I think Azarenka and Lee if they get to a quarter that's sort of a coin flip a little bit on clay Azarenka's never had that great a run in Paris before Azarenka's draw is really easy though mm-hmm. I mean she really has nobody Cornet is playing a little bit better Flipkins and Bartoli haven't been playing that well lately there's nobody really standing between her and the quarters nope so, no, if Azarenka doesn't make the quarters, I think that'll be a trim. I mean, that'll be a bit of a referendum on the status of the state of her game, having come back from all of the the injury and and the layoff. Because she just was not impressed all to me in Rome at all yeah. on court. So we'll see. So there you go. So that's the third quarter up to Lee. She'll have a tough road. Some sections pretty crowded with some people. White Petra Kvitova in there. Sam Stoser. They. Both have tough roads, uh, some dangerous floats for all of them. I mean, I could see Aravain reside zoning and taking out Petra in the first round. Possibly Petra can certainly have an off day and Aravain can be on. Rezai hasn't won a main draw match all year. Yeah, so that there's that. <laughs> she's like ranked like 180-something, I think, now. She's been doing rough. So, yeah, not sure I see that. I mean, I think Kvitova will get past that one. But, you know, a second-round match against Pong is not easy. Well, it's like Georgi. Yeah. Bartoli and Strasbourg. Exactly. Georgi's obviously talented. And, you know, that whole section, you, you know, Safarova, it's kind of hard to know where she's at at any given time. But obviously we know, you know, she's she's a, she has the the capacity to play top top 15, top 20 tennis. Wickmeyer is always dangerous anytime. But, you know, Jamie Hampton. Jamie Hampton, Brussels. Brussels semi- semifinalist. But yeah, I just this whole section is just a bummer to me. I just really would have liked to seen all the, these players spread out. I, yeah. you know, like Yankovic, Yankovic, especially put her like in the Iranian quarter. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Yankovic can make the semis for sure, you know, and, you know, even a Stozer. I mean, she played really, really, I mean, she played pretty well in Rome and seems to be injury free and much more confident. So would have been nice to see her on the other side. I don't know. It just, the section just pisses me off in every way. Like I've been staring at it all day and I just, it bums me out that like a lot of these players are going to be, you know, out relatively early. Just luck at the draw. Yeah. That's where luck, as always said, that's where luck comes in the most in tennis is not, you know, Pretty much. Boards or anything. It's all about the draw. And uh, yeah, some tough matches here. Even the floaters in here, like Mladenovic, is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muguruza. Yeah, they're not easy outs. No, Pliskova's so. not easy. Yankovic yeah. got Hantakova in the first round. Very tough first you round. Know. It's, 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 uh, it's a tough section, for sure. And then on the bottom, who I think is a pretty easy section, by contrast, is Maria Sharapova and her eighth of the draw. Sharapova could get, like, Zhang Zhe in the third round, and maybe Sloan, who she just dominated in Rome, and Chibolkova, who wouldn't seem to pose much threat, really. So I think that's a nice section for Maria, and I think her road to the quarters, at least, is pretty safe. And then maybe a tricky quarterfinal opponent, but once that's done, she should get to the final, I think. Agreed. Or semifinal, I think you mean. I mean, I don't think that it's a given that Maria beats Vika on clay. Oh, I do. I do. 
you're more confident than I am. Based on what I saw from Vika in Rome, I don't like her chances of beating Sherpa. Yeah, that's right fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that maybe. But yeah, the way Azarenka seems to get, be able to get up for her matches against Sharapova, Sharapova has beaten her on clay, and that's been at least the the surface upon which she dominates that rivalry. Yeah, it's a bit, I don't know, it's closer to me. It's closer to a kind of a 55-45 situation. Okay, so it should be a solid two weeks of tennis for the ladies. We'll, we'll check back in mid-next week and see how we're doing, probably, you know. When we're getting set up for a Tadashvili, you know, Toro floor final, we'll be able to look back on this and laugh or something. Men's draw with Novak Djokovic on top. Anyone you see beating Djokovic in his uh, his quarter? Zoom out that far. Mm, best of five. Yeah, it's just off with these. Guys. They, they don't, don't lose. lose. They really, really don't. I, I don't see it. I mean, the the names obviously that seem like dangerous dangerous ones to me are, you know, obviously Dimitrov, although we discussed that already as to whether his kind of physical limitations in best of five. I mean, he was cramping in like by the end of the second set in Madrid. So, and he was interesting. We talked to him, a bunch of us uh, writers talked to Dimitrov in Rome. And uh, I believe it was Simon Cambers of Tennis Space who asked him about the cramping and was like, you know, your legs are basically so, you're so small, you know, kind of physically, you know like you know he's tall but he's not a bulky guy like you get more muscle into your legs that you can um um against these big guys and dimitrov just like they won't get bigger he's like i try i do everything and they just don't get bigger and i've gone doctor and you know it's just like it's a tension thing it's a nerves thing it's not that i'm not strong enough which is interesting i don't really know if i buy it but that's what he was saying thought it was interesting it was a very funny reaction just because he was like they don't get bigger (laughs) like i work out i do everything they just don't get bigger simon i trust did not phrase this question in the way that i've heard other british media phrase this question where they essentially ask aren't you jealous of andy murray's body i I think that that wasn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Simon Cambers knows better than that. Simon Cambers is a very, very good journalist. And so, no, he does not phrase it in terms yeah. of Andy Murray. Yeah. Um, but others do. Others have. Others have. Someone asked Shield Simone have. at the Australian Open, like, tell us <laughs> how big and bulky and strong Andy Murray is. <laughs> Shield Simone was just like, they're like, I'm sorry that I'm not Andy Murray. <laughs> and like, it was after Simo, it was after Simo had beaten Malfis in that ridiculously ugly match, yeah. that five set match in Australia and was going to play Andy Murray next. Right. And like, that was the question. Yeah. Was, Aren't you jealous of Andy Murray's rippling body? Don't you wish you could have like that sort of strength? And it was very awkward. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awkward. Yeah. So I think the Haas and Isner, if Isner gets on a roll, I think I could see him taking either one of those guys taking a set off of. Djokovic, but I like Djokovic the semis pretty easily. Um, let's talk about Murray actually real quick before we move on. Just we mentioned him. What do you make of Murray's decision to skip this tournament and Del Potro also? Yeah, I mean, I I posed this question in my passing shots post on on Beyond the Baseline today that you know like which is the more worrisome withdrawal, you know, Andy Murray's or Del Potro's? And I've gone back and forth. I've thought about it quite a bit over the past few days. And you know, I think that Andy Murray's looks like a strategic withdrawal, like a smart one, given how many, how much he needs to, what he needs to do over the second course, the second half of the season and uh, what the where the bulk of his points have come. But Del Potro, it's just been really, I mean, to withdraw from a tournament or a, a slam on a surface you don't suck on no. due to a respiratory virus. 
and after this many having days out of, too. Yeah, this many days out and having kind of an up and down clay season anyway. He, you know, after Miami, he had to fly home because he, uh, a family member was ill, and then he came, and then he what got lost early in Monte Carlo to Yarko Niemann, and then I believe he skipped Madrid, and then he lost early in Rome to Pear. I think. Am I making that up? Oh, uh, that's right. He lost. Yeah, he lost to somebody in in Rome that was like, oh wow. It's just kind of been very spotty, and all of this has really come after that really kind of wake up and here comes the return of Delpo run at Indian Wells. So it's disappointing. So to me, Delpo's withdrawal is a bit more alarming. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Murray's was totally, totally smart. It's the same thing that I said, you know, earlier talking about Venus Williams, and that's what she should do too. I mean, Clay takes a lot out of you, and here's somebody who's trying to peek at Wimbledon. Why play the French? It's what people did for decades. We used to skip right. the French to focus on Wimbledon all the time. And that hasn't happened so much in the last uh, 10 years or so, but it's a smart play with how close they are together. And Murray won this tournament. It'd be a great yep. show for him to make the semis, and he's a slam winner at this point, so what's the point of having a valiant semi? Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's totally the right move. Especially, again, going back to this, the conditions, having to play with a bad back in cold weather yeah, on clay, fun. that would not. That doesn't sound good at all. I mean, say, having Virginia Wade say mean things about you all the while. Exactly. And the the French crowd whistling at you and booing you. It just, why? You know, it's the same reason. Hey, I skipped French. I, I yeah, skipped we both Open. skipped the French. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't feel the need to prove myself on freaking dirt. Okay. I can do my job elsewhere and focus, you know, where I think that I will yield better results. As a writer, um, you're something of a servant volleyer, as it goes. I am a servant volleyer. I'm not a grinder. I mean, I'm a grinder. Well, that doesn't work because actually we, you and I both are grinders. <laughs> First in, last yep, out. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a funny thing about that. And this is a, just a slight aside because being the only American and for the most and for the entire week. Well, no, there were there were two other women, but at least being the only American press in the international mm-hmm. was just an exhausting experience. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, I could not. I mean, I would a lot of times put my headphones in and I didn't have music going. I just needed to like not hear some of the other conversations that were going on around me and i and i do like i mean i do respect a lot of some of the people that are in that who they are other ones i just was ready to just stand up and just start screaming at they were just absolutely horrible and god where was i going with this oh but yeah a lot of it was that like you would overhear conversations of people and you see this sometimes on twitter where you see kind of like right you know writers or journalists and um you know complaining about having to like work until nine o'clock or ten o'clock because their player got slated second match on or something like that. And it always strike like it always strikes me as really weird because you and I both know this about each other. Like we are literally we literally cannot leave a tournament until the last ball has been struck. We're horrible. I mean it's actually really not healthy and it's not good. And I wish that I could just like leave a tournament or leave like a day knowing that, oh, there's some match that I don't really care about it that's not relevant and just like go have a proper dinner and get a also proper the nature sleep of, and all of that. their coverage pretty much if they're let's say like a British person um, not that you were talking about British people I mean I wouldn't ever imagine that but if there's someone essentially their job in Rome is to be on Andy Murray watch and so mm-hmm. they can sort of schedule around Andy Murray whereas we I think are both much more holistic in all sport with how we do things. I mean, there are people we do leave for. There's like a late match between, I don't know, Vavrinka and Fonini. We can bail out of there. This is true. But for the most part, we try to stay when we can. 
Yeah. But it's, it was just kind of funny because it, yeah, I mean, that that's the one thing about the French that is, I find to be quite interesting and, you know, I've never covered it as press. So I don't, I don't know what it's like on site, but it must be, I have to assume really, really nice for media because there's no night session. Yeah. Because there's no lights, so you really are done. I mean, you still have to, depending on when your deadlines are, you still have to, like, your stories. But, like, I would assume that everybody can get done and out of there by, like, 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, which is pretty sweet. (laughs) Like, and completely unheard of, to me, anyway, at the other three slams that I've covered. (laughs) So let's, let's, next section of the draw. That's okay. No, sidebars sidebars (laughs) are good. We need something to spice up this show. Just to draw an Alice, you know, slogging through, hopefully. People aren't falling asleep or, you know, at the wheel while they're listening or something. And the doll section features people like Kane Shikori, and, his, and then in his quarter, there's like Stan Wawrinka, Jersey Janovitz, Richard Gasquet, all of whom I think could have been given a pretty decent chance if they were put in like the Ferrer quarter, yeah. but, or even the Federer quarter, some of them. But mm-hmm. with Nadal, no, nothing's happened. No. I think either either Stan or, or Richard will make it to the quarter and have a nice little one-handed backhand battle, people which would write ridiculously poetic things about ben yes are you saying that richard gasquet is going to get past the fourth round of a slam no i think that i think it's going to beat him <laughs> in the fourth round of a slam we've been over this before i think but richard gasquet's fourth round record at slams is something he gets there which he should mm-hmm. with this draw it's unspeakably terrible going off the top of my head i think he's something like one in 13 in the third fourth round of slams in his career it just doesn't yeah. make any sense and a lot of those are like bad losses to unseated players and his one win came over a wild card it's a bit shocking that this is the first time he's come into the french open as a top 10 player really is that true yeah i double checked that stat the other night and i was like huh that's pretty crazy like i could have sworn it happened like you know i thought that it had happened once before or something yeah i guess or... his top 10 for right before is pretty small pretty short yeah yeah so uh so yeah which is interesting but i you know i have i've i've got some he has had a quiet I'm feeling good year. about yeah, I mean, he definitely has. As has a Varinka, so I think that would be actually a pretty worthy fourth round. I could see that, you know, being some sort of five-set epic thing with the French crowd going on that. Those are two Francophone guys, so... You know, that would be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Janovitz mm-hmm. is there. He should make the third round. Could give Varinka another tough test, so... We'll see. Could be good. Janovitz had a really good Rome. I still don't know. I don't think Clay is his serve as a choice, but he was good in Rome anyway. He was great in Rome. I think a lot of it has to do with his serve. If he's serving well, then uh, he's great. And one thing that does work on Clay that he is the master of drop shot. Drop shot. He's shots. so good at it. So because he's so enormous. It's, it's, and they're so and they're so pretty. Yeah. Just the way he does it, it's so like nonchalant. Like it's it's just so amusing. I mean, I I, I like watching that guy play. I really Glad do. Glad he became a thing sometime. Yeah, for sure. A good development. Bottom half of the draw, which has by far the toughest little section right at the top of it. Almost mm-hmm. Burdich clearly pissed off somebody in France because his draw is very, very tough. Burdich opens with Malfi's first round and then gets Golbis. And just that just that alone is pretty tough. And then Robredo is not an easy yeah. third round. Almagro is not an easy fourth round. Or Sepi, I guess, in the fourth. Well, Almagro's injured, so yeah, Almagro, Almagro is But really, it's just those first two matches. I mean, you could not pick. I right. think those are the two most dangerous floaters in the whole draw. Hopefully, yeah. some off and get them both. And it, and it just sucks that by the third round, only one of them will yeah, be left standing. What, I mean, this tournament will lose two of Burdick, Malfis, or Golbis, assuming that Golbis doesn't lose to Dutra Silva, right. which... Who knows? But yeah, you know, that that's just that's not good for the tournament. I mean, that's just that's just such a horrible, horrible draw. Yeah. I mean, it's good for the tournament in the sense that you'll get a good, a really good first round match, hopefully. 
and then hopefully a really good second round match out of that. But then you might have some crappy later rounds that those guys could have oh. filled. So it depends on how you like your tournaments. If you like them backloaded and save the best for last, it's not good for you. Who for do you sure. think makes it out of there of those three? I can see a case for any of them. Well, probably not. Probably yeah. not Malfi. I'd be surprised if Malfi's made it out of there, but just because I don't think it's the attention span to win two big matches in a row. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, I think out of there, I'm going to go Golbis. I'm going to go Golbis too. Yeah. Just because I think he, because he survived, he has the easier first round, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I definitely think he'll survive Dutra da Silva. And then uh, the other guy will presumably be tired. He's beaten Burtis before. He beat him at Wimbledon last year. Mm-hmm. Malfis is, can take a little bit of a scenic route through matches in a way Golbis doesn't as much during points. So, yeah, I, I like Golbis to get out of there. And I think Golbis could uh, make the quarters for sure. Yeah. And maybe semi. If he, he, I could see Golbis getting Actually, Yeah, sure. no, you're, that's a good point, that if Golbis clears out of that, if he survives that, Whoever yeah, makes it out carnage. of that little that little threesome, I think, yeah. can make the semis. Absolutely. And then Well, we... I don't know if Burdick is gonna get past Ferrer. Okay, fair. Fair. But a quarter for sure. And a quarter think, for sure. I think if Malfis or Golbis or Burdich for that matter is peaking, then they can easily beat Federer too. Any of them. So why not make the final? Who knows? Let's why go not? big. Let's go big. Let's do it. Speaking of going big, the other next section of the draw features people like Milos Ronich. Kevin Anderson, and little David Ferrer, and another seeding Granel Yaris has been playing terrible lately. Ferrer, I gotta think, makes it through this section with considerable ease. Yes, I mean, here's a question for you. Like, do you get the sense, because having gone through this quarter by quarter, I just really get the sense that there are, this year it just feels like there are fewer players playing well coming into the French. I think that's right. I just keeps every name I see, I'm like, oh, well, they're sucking right now, and they're sucking right now, and they're sucking right now, and they haven't done anything. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have Nadal winning everything. But even yeah. aside from that, you know, I mean, you have like, like I can say, like I think Dimitrov is playing well. I can say that Janowitz is playing well. Pear. Yeah, we didn't uh, mention Pear. Pear was up there earlier somewhere, I think. Pear's been playing. Yeah, Golbis. I mean, I think there's a small number of people, but a lot of the seeds. I'm like Raonic, meh. Almagro, meh. Seppi, you know, not good. Granoliers, not good. Anderson's playing well. I'll give Anderson a shot. Anderson's, Anderson's, play, Anderson's well. playing well, but it's, it's he still He can totally tough beat Ronich, but yeah. I don't think that he's going to get past Ferrer. Well, he did beat Ferrer and in, in well, so it's not totally impossible. But Very true. But he's not getting past Burdick. No, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's like one of the most lopsided head tests there is. It's weird. Success. Yeah. For two players who, like, play similarly, like, it's not even, it shouldn't be a matchup issue. No. But. Not at all. Federer quarter, he gets Songa. Can Songa beat Federer? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's done it. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's notched wins, but I don't think Songa's ever beaten him on clay, right? No, I don't think so. I feel like it's always been faster surfaces, so... Songa came very close to beating Djokovic, Djokovic last, last year. year. He yeah. should have, really. Yeah. Yeah, Songa, I think Songa can make the final out of this half. If he gets on a roll, as the French crowd behind him, I could definitely see a Songa in the final. That could happen. It could happen. But I, I think, mean, but my pick is Federer to make it out of this. Yeah, I mean, I think that my my pick to knock out Federer, if I had to pick a pick, would be Sanka. But I think that Federer, this is if he doesn't make the finals, it will be horribly disappointing, because just with the draw and everything, it's all right there for him. So let's go through different angles now that we have our basic big picture picks. We've been talking about a lot of the good matches that come up here. What is your first round match? That you would, if you had, would not like take like a hundred dollars to sit and watch the entire thing. Ooh, a first round any, match I would not watch. You would never watch. What is the worst one of 
for men and women. For men and women. Combined? One for each. Oh, one, one for, for each. each. So, Courtney, you have your picks? I do. What is your men's match? You would not, you would just not take money to watch. I would not take money to watch the first round match between German qualifier Julian Reister and Federico Delbonis. I thought about that one. Okay, explain, explain why you'd pick Reister Delbonis. I, you have any explanation? There's no explanation. It's just like, I. it's a meaningless match to me, generally, because the winner would play the winner of Eugenie Andahar. So, okay. And I've seen, obviously, Delbonis play. I generally shrug in that general direction. It's not really my <laughs> my thing. And Reister kind of similarly. So it's just, it's to me... A relatively meaningless match that would be, you know, a challenger lunch at best. Early round challenger match. Yeah, you wouldn't see this at, you know, a 250. Solid. So So my pick for first round. Delbonis, I remember, like, he got off to a really good start in his match against Rafa at Vina Del Mar. Rafa's very first match, I want to say, was against Delbonis. Yes. um, Of the year. And so that's all I have on him. I I would not watch that one either. My absolute worst pick is the match between two qualifiers in the bottom of the draw, uh, Sam David Devarman <laughs> and Daniel Munoz de la Nava. I think I've seen Munoz play against Sam Query in Australia. I want to say that was him. If it wasn't, it was somebody else, whatever. And Sam David is just one of the most biggest pushers I've ever seen and just runs down everything. And I feel like on clay, that would just be unbearable to watch. And the winner gets for Federer in the second round. So, again, pointless. That's my pick. There'd probably be no atmosphere there. I mean, all the Spanish fans, none of them are wasting their time on Munoz. Totally fair. Women. Who's your women not to watch? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> and that's coming from someone who loves women's tennis. Right. Um, but uh, my pick would have to be mainly because I just I just really don't like long names. They just drive me insane. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Arena Camilla Begu versus Sylvia Solera Spinoza. That is my pick. <laughs> We picked the same one. Well done. High five. High five. High five and nothing a million. About that. Absolutely nothing. That is, that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. What's your number so. two pick if you had to have a backup? Mm. I found Other it. picks I was thinking of included Shlidlova. Yes, that was my against number two. Against Meyer. <laughs> that was my number two. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Seeing a, you need a Vic Meyer blowout just would do nothing for yeah. me. Yeah. It would do nothing either. No, it's... Unless you got really, really angry and started, you know, physically attacking but, people. Then I might... But I have to say, her meltdowns are not... In, they, I do not enjoy watching them. They're not very satisfying. No, they make right. me very uncomfortable because I really do think something bad could happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Another one that I had tagged was... Virginie Rosano versus Claire Feuerstein. Oh, I thought about that one. That's two French wildcards mm-hmm. who are both, you know, not good at all against each other. Rosano, though, I, kind of, I mean, Rosano has an okay game. She did have interesting stuff here last year. So it'd be kind of interesting to see her try to duplicate that, have her pretend that, you know, Claire Feuerstein is Serena or whatever. I don't know. There are worse picks than that one, I thought. I know. But that's why we picked the other two. We did well. We did well synchronizing yeah. that. You did. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Ben. So men and men's and women's draw. Who is like your player to like to track? My player to yeah, track. Like, not like an not like an obvious one, like not like a goal. Right. No, not like an obvious one, but like a name where you're like, you know what? I think that I might be going out on a limb for this guy or this girl. But, you know, I want to be I I hope I'm right on this. OK, that's a good question. Yeah. OK, my woman who I think could do pretty well is Zhang Ji. Because I think she has a ridiculously easy draw to the third round. That's all I'm picking is third round. 
I think she'll be a very safe, unseated pick to make the third round, beating Galant and uh, the winner of Pashik Udan. Okay. And then she'll get there and lose to, lose to Sharapova. If that's not spectacular enough, I can No, 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 that's fine. You can do that. My woman was actually going to be Melanie Udan. Okay. I But for the same reason as you, but because they're both out that's of the fair. same section. Yeah, that section is just like, yeah. basically we're picking up near Pashik. Yes. Pashik is, is like 1 in 10 this year. She's doing unspeakably terrible. Agreed. If she still see it as a, but, if she has I mean, a bad dress, I do think that it. I do think that it could. It, if I were to bet, kind of one thing, kind of go on a limb. If I had some extra cash and I'd put money on it, I really like the Amer the young American women to to make a strong first week push into. I think a lot of them make third round. Okay. And I wanted to the point where I kind of like wanted to go back and get the stats as to like what year, like how many. American girl, women have made the third round the last like few years because I think it might be at least the way I look at it it's teeing up to be looking like something like a wreck the way that mm-hmm. I can see it yeah there's a bunch that are just very getting to be very reliable mm-hmm. right? I mean Lip, Serena obviously mm-hmm. Lepchenko is a safe third round pick mm-hmm. Venus if she's healthy should get through the third round mm-hmm. Jamie Hampton's playing well Melanie like we talked about is a decent draw uh, Lepchenko Mikhail's playing better Madison. Madison Shelby Rogers has got another wild card in her section and you know I mean there's it happened okay my, my guy to watch will be Anderson I think Anderson's a pretty safe pick to make the fourth round okay I like I like him to beat Ronich I, he made the fourth round in Australia first time ever to slam and he can do it again here and get to be a solidly top 20 guy and Grass should be his best surface, and no reason why he can't have a very good finish to uh, 2013 and kind of finish on the cusp of the top 10. Fair enough. That's, my pick. That's pretty good. Um, well, I mean, I don't think my guy is going to make it very far, but I, I'm very curious to kind of keep an eye on him and and see how it goes. Like, There's two like young guys that I just want to see how they do at the tournament, and they are uh, Yuri Vesely. Former uh-huh. former junior yeah. number one. He was one of my picks, but I didn't like Cole Schreiber first round. Yeah, no, the draw did not help him, but I'm just I just so, but I'm still just going to keep an eye on him, just to see okay. what his results look like. And similarly, um, Nick Kyrgios um, from Australia, yeah. who got Roddick Stepanek in the first round, but that kid has been doing really really well. He's the youngest like youngest teenager in what I don't know the top three hundred. I mean whatever it is, He's the youngest. Top yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, and he's got Stepanek. I think Stepanek is obviously going to be a bit crafty and stuff like that but i i that's a match that hopefully if it's on a tv court um i would want to watch because i want to get i want to get a good look at, at that kid because he's putting together some some good results yeah there's a decent chance they'll put that on tv for aussie tv because aussies are a big tennis market so that could happen yeah it could be interesting uh hopefully get some young blood in there and start having some you know teenage type phenoms who can be threats and be relevant at big tournaments yep. would be, that'd be nice. it would be nice uh-huh. and in the same way I do have. I am keeping my eye on um, Ryan Harrison because for once he can't complain about the draw, about pulling anybody a big name in the first couple of rounds. And if he were in his kind of like top forty, top sixty form, he could easily make his third round finally because I think he opens against Andre Kuznetsov. And then he would play the winner of Carlos Burlock and John Isner. So if he could win those two, then he's made his third round. Um, and it's generally speaking, that entire section is pretty soft, um, just simply because we don't know how reliable Tommy Haas is at the moment. Um, he withdrew uh, precautionarily. Whoa, that's not a word. 
he withdrew out of precaution uh, out of Dusseldorf with a cold. Like he started to, to get sick. So hopefully he's better and he's he can play at his top form. But that whole set little um, eighth with Haas and Tipsarovich anchoring is pretty wide open. So uh, yeah. it's a really good chance for Ryan Harrison, I have to say. And I would not be surprised to see him in the third round. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would also not be surprised to see him lose Andre Kuznetsov, who I think is ranked ahead of him. He is. Burlock on clay would be tough out too. So I'm not quite as high on Harrison for this tournament as you are, but I definitely, definitely think this is the first one in a while where he can't complain about his draw at all. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Absolutely. Before we sign off, Courtney, what were your thoughts on how everything unfolded in Eurovision 2013? Well, I haven't caught up with anything, Ben. I only have what you've kind of filled me in on, but I haven't done my own independent research. Okay, well, we'll, I'll tell you another. We'll get back to that. Next yeah, time. so I can't really, I can't really say. But I have come back from Rome with a pretty healthy love of MTV Italy. There you go. Tell, what are the highlights of that, Ben? So the highlights are for anybody who doesn't know, MTV Italy basically has thirty songs and they play them on loop, which is fine. Actually, this time MTV playing music. Actually. I know that's the thing. I mean, it was great, and to see music videos, I just haven't seen music videos in so long. So you know, Justin Timberlake's Mirrors is really popular there. Pink's two songs like Try and Just One Reason or whatever were big, and and just kind of mixed in with like. Depeche Mode's new song, which really, stop, David Gahan, stop. You're done. <laughs> You're done. Um, but yeah, so it was fun. Um, but the weirdest, the weirdest discovery that I made, this kid, Bridget Mendel, is that her name? Yeah, who you should remember that Laura Robson told us about. She did, but Laura Robson never told us the, her name. So I didn't really know that this kid was her. But it's like this white girl who just looks like every pretty white girl. Like sometimes she looks like Rachel McAdams. Sometimes she looks like Kira Knightley. But she's got this play nonstop there. I mean, she's from Mill Valley, which is basically the Bay Area. And um, but they're pushing her like, whoa, in Europe. And they played her video all the time. So, yeah, that was a bit weird. And Ula. You forgot about Ula. You like Ula. Is that how it's pronounced? Ula? It is. It's weird. Swedish people are weird with their vowels. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought it was Ola. Uh, yeah. But yes. O-L-A. What, what's the song called? I'm I'm in, I'm love. in love. Yeah. So they played that all the time. And But hey, like I came and I downloaded those songs. Like they're great. I enjoy them. They remind me of being on vacation. So what's to complain about? I loved it. We hope that you all enjoy whatever music you listen to during the French and that the tennis equals that. We'll be back with you during the tournament, hopefully a couple times to keep you abreast on what's going on Terabatu, and then it'll be on to grass for us but let's enjoy the french while we can au revoir courtney laters my heart on monday she had me deep on tuesday shot me up on wednesday wish i was not wish i was not